You're listening to Podiatry Marketing, conversations on building a successful podiatry practice with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Tyson and I are back. Tyson, what's been going on? Uh, I have had a really, really, really good week. You have one of those weeks where you just you have everything planned out and it just falls into place. And then you get to the weekend and you go, right, I deserve the break. So yeah, it's been great. How's your week been? Uh, a little chaotic, not going to lie. <laughs> like uh, <laughs> combination of work, Zoom school with my first grader, but um, obladi, oblada, life goes on. Uh, have my health, have a great family. So uh, so no worries about that. I'm just, uh, you know, it's, it, it's, it's winter time in Canada. I'm excited to uh, have things start warming up. But at the same time, uh, excited to talk today a little bit about um, patient surveys with you. Um, I think that's a really important topic and something that, uh, knowing what your patients want. Um, you can think they want one thing, but until you ask them, um, you really don't know what they want. So uh, how would you kind of just lay, lay out the groundwork for us as far as you know what we're going to talk about today? Okay, so we're going to talk about surveys in general. And uh, I was mentioning off air that there's three types of surveys that I think you can do with your patients. And it's not just your patients. You can also do this with professional referrers, which I will touch on a little bit later. But with your patients... You can do online surveys. You can do a hard copy survey where you post something to them. And I'll explain the process that I used to use. Or you can do a face-to-face survey while the patient is actually there with you. It's not so much a survey. It's just asking them a question that feels like it's part of a conversation, but you're recording the results. And over a period of time, it can actually give you a really good picture on, on how things work. So actually, I'll talk about that one first, the uh, face-to-face surveys, if you don't mind. that's right? Yeah, that sounds good. I think that's a great place to start because each of these different types of surveys, you know, kind of warrant a different type of question. So I'm curious to hear, you know, what your uh, strategy or what, you know, how you approach this uh, face-to-face survey. Okay, so it could be either the podiatrist could do this or the receptionist could do this. And it wasn't at any particular time, but we'd say with all our patients coming through, we want some a couple of basic questions answered. For example, You may have come into the clinic and you may be sitting there and of course I'm running on time so you're not going to be waiting for very long, Jim, when you turn up. So you sit in the reception and the receptionist, hey Jim, how's your morning been? You go, it's fantastic. Hey Jim, by the way, do you uh, you listen to the radio in the morning on the way to work? And your response would be? No, I'm more of a podcast guy, but occasionally a little bit of classic rock. So some Shom 97.7. Okay, so yeah, and then there'd be the next question. Oh, so what radio station do you listen to on your way to work? And if you said, oh, no, I'm more of a podcast person, the next week, oh, okay, if you did listen to the radio, what station would you listen to? Sure. Simple question. Now, to you, it just, just, it's just conversation. But for us, because we used to do a lot of radio advertising, we needed to know, when, especially when our best patients are coming in, what station do our best patients listen to and when are they listening to it? So you might find that you might listen to a podcast in the morning to get yourself fired up. But in the afternoon, when you've had a long day, if you've gone in the office and you might be driving home, you're thinking, you know what, I really don't need any more information going in my head. I want some talkback show. I want some loud music. I just want something to get me going. So over a period of time, by asking this question, we would find out a lot of information about our best patients, what they listen to and when they listen to it. We did the same thing because we advertised on TV at the time what TV station you listen to. Now, going back 10 years ago, before streaming really took off over here in Australia, you would get a definitive answer. I listen, I watch these shows on this station. Now, it would be so spread out. It would be a lot more difficult to actually do. Did you ever, you would have just asked your patients questions in general, wouldn't you? 
Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it makes sense when you have them in there, um, you know, in your waiting room or in the, the room, just like a low pressure question that actually provides a lot of valuable information for your practice. So I think you know, that's, a, that's a definitely a great place to start off. Well, imagine asking a simple question like, hey, Jim, what's your favorite coffee shop in Cairns? <laughs> now, I've already identified that you are my ideal patient. We've spoken about that before. So Jim is right. my ideal patient. He's in that age bracket. He's got money. And I know Jim knows a lot of other gyms. So I go, Jim, what's your favorite coffee shop? So like mine is Cafe Neve in, uh, in Montreal here. I think, uh, I think the same thing plays. I used to do this with running shoe stores, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So if they tell me their, their favorite coffee shop, I go, hey, Jim, what, what's your favorite restaurant in Cairns? Thinking of going out for dinner on a Saturday night. And you go, oh, I love this. Now, if all of a sudden you start surveying all your gyms and you realize, wow, 25% of my gyms go to the same coffee shop. 25% of my gyms go to the same restaurant. Then you start getting a picture of where, where your gyms hang out. So I'm not gonna, I might just call my new ideal patient gyms. <laughs> I don't know. I'm a bit of a pain in the ass sometimes, Tyson. I'm, I'm not sure I'm, I'm not the ideal <laughs> these days. <laughs> but what it does, it starts giving you information that if you wanted to do a competition, if you wanted to sponsor cups of coffee, which is something I talk about in my marketing workshops, then you know, okay, if I'm going to sponsor cups of coffee, then I should sponsor them at that coffee shop because I know 25% of my ideal patients go to that coffee shop. And if they're there, then the others, all the other people are there potentially could be patients as well. So that's, that's the value of asking good questions like that. And they are really simple face-to-face -face questions you can do. Well, the receptionist could ask a question, the podiatrist could ask a question. And what it is, is we ask these questions anyway, what you're going to do is just start taking note of it. Well, I think you're totally right. I think you're kind of building your kind of, uh, you know, patient persona or your kind of customer persona by asking those types of demographic questions in a very, you know, honest and authentic way. I used to ask because, uh, you know, where you bought your shoes before everyone was buying them online. Yeah. Um, because it would give me an opportunity to, you know, get in touch with that, that running shoe store, maybe have a small clinic. Uh, maybe it's a marathon injuries thing. It, it's like you said, it's just trying to find that place where more of your ideal patients uh, are already at so you don't have to like you know you can be a little bit more focused about you know where you're spending your advertising dollar where you're spending your time or where you're kind of developing additional relationships in the community yeah and so to move on to say online surveys for example i'll be perfectly honest never done one i've never done an online survey mainly because i know feedback from people that do online surveys they said if they can get 10 15 maybe 20 percent of them back that's a good result. So you're more in the online world, Jim. So if you were doing an online survey, how many do you normally get back? That aren't your, aren't your idea. Yeah. Like you're not sure whether you're your ideal patient yet. So I think that's a, that's a great, uh, kind of a piece of advice there, but I think it's with online, there almost has to be some incentive, like yeah. a financial or gift card incentive. I think that makes it a little bit, um, you know, $10 or $20 if you know, or a raffle type of a system in order to incentivize people to want to do the survey. Cause you're right. If it's just a straight up survey or a straight up ask with really no incentive for them, besides just like their goodwill or, you know, they like you as a doctor, you're like you said, you're probably going to get a very low return rate there. So there has to be, I don't think it always has to be a gift card, but that's kind of the, the most common one that I've seen kind of in marketing channels or yeah. other things. Um, and that can be valuable. Like if you spend, you know, if it's $20 and you get a hundred or 150 surveys back, um, you know, it's, it's worth that money, uh, to like be able to, to make solid decisions. Cause 
you know, if you're doing Google ads or doing other types of paid, paid placements to kind of bring awareness to your clinic and you're doing month over month, you'd rather start with good data instead of just kind of like feeling around in the dark to see what works. So I think, um, like you said though, there, you know, it can be a little hit or miss depending on what the incentives are for those online surveys. Yeah, and the thing with it is because you're only going to get so few back, and I've had a lot of online surveys sent to me, sometimes I complete them, and sometimes they end up in my inbox and go, oh, I just could not be bothered. I'm too busy. I just I just delete it. Don't even, don't even look at it. So it would probably only be about 10% of surveys I would even fill in myself. And even then, I've got to either like that company to start with. I will sometimes, like, even online surveys I get, to be honest, like, you know, I'll, I'll go to that first page and I'll maybe, if, as long as there's like maybe two or three questions on the first page and then I click next, as long as there's not like more than about 33% or more than like yeah. 50%, you know, if it's like you, you still have 90% of the way go there or you're 10% of the way done after that first page, probably a low likelihood that I'm going to page two on that one. Yeah, and I, I reckon too, with the questions that you ask, keep it short, keep it brief, ask, you know, two, three, no more than probably five questions. And that's it. Something that it's really easy to answer, but also don't load the questions to a point where you're almost pushing them into a particular answer. Because I've seen some surveys where it's almost like, oh, how awesome are we? And you're like, well, you're not awesome. Well, actually, if they weren't, I wouldn't bother. The survey come through and I just delete it. That's how awesome you were. But they're sort of just pushing you to say, give us a 10. And you're like, well, it's not... It, I, I just find if you're going to ask questions, ask questions where it's very open, where you're going to get a really a lot of honest feedback. If if you lead a patient down that path, or you're kind of almost forcing kind of something positive from them, you're not getting that real honest answer. And when you're not getting that real honest answer, it allows you to kind of live in a like a reality distortion field where you don't actually know what your patients think about you, which which almost completely it's a waste of your time. Mm. It's a waste of their time if a survey is based off that because you really in order to make a change or to like improve the patient experience, improve the care you're providing, you just have to kind of like throw it out there, be open to both positive and negative. Um, oh, definitely. And just kind of like and just kind of live with it. Uh, and, and, well, the part that's interesting when I was talking about the face to face questions or so and, and you're doing a survey but it's more over the long term they're more marketing type questions you're not really going to ask personal questions about the business or a podiatrist that's in your team you imagine the patient coming in, well this happens patient will come out with the with the podiatrist or another service provider and the receptionist says how was your visit today now they're not going to say oh it sucked i, I reckon they rushed me through too fast i couldn't understand them they had a really strong accent or they mumbled Actually, I thought they had a little bit of BO. I got a bit of a waft going through, and I know it wasn't for me. So they're not going to be on that. And to me, that's a loaded question. Oh, how was your treatment today? What do we always say? Good. Even I could be at a restaurant with my wife, and she may not be enjoying her meal. And the waiter will come and say, oh, how was your meal? And she'll go, oh, it was good. And I'll go, no, it wasn't. You told me it was really, really average. And <laughs> the look on the waiter's face is like, oh, my God, you're in trouble when you get home. So... Those sort of, and that's what I mean. But you can ask a face-to-face question, but they're more marketing related. I think when it when it's getting more into the depth of your business or your team, I think that's where that's where the other either online or hard copy surveys. So now I want to talk about hard copy surveys. Well, I think you bring up before we jump there. I think yeah. you bring up a good point. It's kind of like 
you know, people are, you know, on the surface, they're, they're nice. And especially when you put them on the spot, yeah, always. like they're, they're not, they're not going to like, uh, <laughs> trash somebody right in front of another person, if they, unless they're just, you know, extremely disappointed or something. So I think it is, you know, once they get home, they kind of have that psychological safety to actually, you know, they have that space. They're no longer kind of in on, you know, in the spotlight, in your clinic, on your turf, yep. they're back home, they're safe, and they feel like they can actually express themselves. I think that also ties into what I will talk about in the future about online reviews. Like you don't want to be putting someone on the spot with a, you know, with a tablet or with something saying, give us a review right now. Like uh, it's a similar thing, but we'll, we'll get over to your hard, your hard copy <laughs> surveys and uh, how you approach those things and leave that topic for another day. Okay, hard copy surveys. Now I know there's a lot of people go, oh, nobody reads mail anymore. You know what? Nobody gets mail anymore, so they will every now and then go and check their mailbox out of habit. Now, this might be depend on the demographics of your particular um, clientele. So, if you've got a lot of younger patients that are, you know, couch surfing and moving a lot, this probably won't work. But if you've got a slightly older, more mature, uh, yeah, clientele who are a little bit more stable, then hard copy surveys work really, really well. And the trick behind doing it is you send the survey, and I'll I'll tell you some of the questions that I used or what you're after. You send the survey with a cover letter. Now, enclosed in that envelope is another envelope that is a replied paid envelope. Now, you can set this up at local um, postal uh, offices, and so therefore you only pay for the surveys that come back. You're not putting a stamp on on an envelope. So set up a replied paid service. On the cover letter, it says, Hi, Jim. Just letting you know that every now and then we'd like to do surveys and you can talk a little bit. Enclosed, you'll find a $2 scratchy, which is like a, a, an instant win lotto card. Um, to thank you for completing the survey enclosed. As you'll find, there's also uh, an envelope enclosed for you to post a survey back when it's convenient. We used to get over 90% of our surveys back every single time. Because we've already thanked them, we've given them a card, and we put a little PS. By the way, if you win $25,000 and you feel guilty, feel free to give half of it to us. Or we, we just write some smart little comment handwritten on the bottom of it. And the amount of surveys we would get back that have little comments on the bottom, I won 20 bucks and I'm keeping it all, was just, it was funny. So we would ask simple questions like, um, yeah, did you find the staff friendly and helpful when making your appointment? Yes, no, or details. This, this is really what we're up. But the important part of when we were doing these surveys, we would do them at different times. Majority of the time we did a lot of these surveys were when we had a new podiatrist start with us. And the reason we did it then is because we wanted to know, is that podiatrist communicating with the patient well? So we would put some fluffy questions in, like, did you find our staff friendly? Of course, they're always friendly. Yeah, we, yeah unless it was a bad day. But the biggest question would be around, you know, during your consultation, did the podiatrist explain your condition in a manner that was easy to understand? That was the big one. And it was surprising how many patients would just tick, yes, 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 and some of the other questions. But when it got to that part, would actually write details. And if they did yeah, say clearly... Pro- yeah. What was that? Sorry, sorry, go ahead. I was just saying it's a pretty probing question. So, like, you kind of, like, soft, 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 and then, like, if there, there is a problem, it's going to surface it. That's, and that's what we we're after. New podiatrist starts, bang, we would make sure these surveys went out to all the patients. Now, you can't, uh, like, you can ask a patient when they come out of the room, you've got a new podiatrist start with, a new graduate, 
not a lot of experience yet. Patient walks out, oh, how was your treatment today? And the patient's going to go, oh, that were good. And you might go, oh, okay. But then they walk out and next thing um, they ring it up two days later, oh, I just want to put a complaint, I want to complain about. And the thing is, for every patient that probably rings up and complains, there's probably 10, 15, or 20 that thought the same thing that didn't complain. So sending out these surveys gives them an, a, a chance to vent because people are really tough when they've got a pen in their hand you know, or behind a keyboard. And then we'd always say at the end of it, you know, we'd thank them for completing the survey, remind them again that the reply paid envelope was enclosed. But we'd put our email address details that if they wanted to, they could get back in touch with us. Now, we would put on here, we have a little code. So we sort of, we knew when we were ser- sending these surveys out, we had a rough idea what day these patients had come in. So we knew which podiatrist they saw. And, uh, but that was why, that was why we did it. But you could do it, do it at any time on really asking varied questions. I do have a copy of one of the surveys, which I'm going to put in the show notes, which was an actual survey that I used uh, in my own practice that I'll put in the show notes and people can download it and play around with it and they can, you know, if they want to go, oh, this is crap, they don't have to use it. It doesn't <laughs> bother me. I'm just telling you what we did and what actually worked. Well, they, they can take your turd and they can polish it a little bit and uh, polish my turd, to, yeah, to, to a gemstone. <laughs> but they reckon that you put sprinkles I'm on sure the turd. I'm sure it's good. You can put sprinkles on a <laughs> turd sure and it's good. still a turd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's better than that. I'm just uh, just pulling your leg here a little bit, but uh, no, that's really helpful stuff. I think, um, yeah, you have to give those patients an opportunity to provide that honest feedback. And like you said, whether it's behind anonymous keyboard warriors or someone with a pen in their hand at home. Um, that gives an, op- an opportunity to get that honest feedback. So I think that's a, a great thing that's, like you said, uh, maybe the younger, more digital first generation may not care about that stuff, but definitely people my age and older and still enjoy getting mail. Even even my my kids enjoy getting mail. So I mean, I think that's, um, if you get a scratchy or some kind of incentive in there that kind of endears you to the to the clinic, whether they had a good or a bad experience, yeah. uh, everyone likes a little bit of the potential of free money. So maybe that uh, encourages them to uh, to fill that out and uh, provide a little bit more information because ninety percent that's a uh, it's a pretty great return rate. Yeah, well, I went and got a massage six or eight weeks ago. There was a chiropractor that I know uh, had a sports masseuse there, so I went and saw him. Guy, really nice guy. Was really happy with the massage. Really happy with the advice that he gave me as well and some exercise. It was good. But I'm saying to him, "Do you want to book back in?" Now you just go and see how that goes and uh, get back in touch with us. And I'm like, I'm just shaking my head. And so anyway, so we're at a dinner uh, leading up to Christmas. And while we're having dinner, the chiropractor that owned the business was there. I said, hey, how you doing? I haven't seen him for ages. I said, actually, I was in your business. And I told him who I saw. He goes, yeah, we had to let him go. I went, oh, why, why is that? Oh, it just didn't matter. We just kept in complaints. And I said, let me guess. People wanting to book back in. And he's telling them just to, oh, no, just see how it goes. He goes, yeah. We kept telling him, book him back in, but he just wouldn't do it. So if they'd sent me a survey and said, how did you find the treatment? I would have gone, great. If there's anything else you'd like to say, yeah, I would have loved to have just been booked back in because if I don't, I'm not going to do it. But And when, you, when we were talking about you know, like hard copy and online, I'm, I, would, I check our mailbox. We've got a PO box that I check yeah, once, every, once a week, maybe once every two weeks, depends on what I'm doing. We'll check the mail outside you know, every couple of days to go and check it. So I enjoy getting mail. And 
I am, I'm sure I'm somebody's target market somewhere. Well, I mean, like you mentioned there, I think uh, when you're doing marketing or doing any kind of advertising, I think the thing that sometimes stops people is that you feel like they don't want to hear that, right? Or they like, I'm bothering someone. Like yeah. it's kind of a, one of the most common excuses I see. But when you're providing something valuable, right? Like uh, like a survey, for example, you're giving an opportunity for them to provide feedback, improve, improve not only their experience, but other future patients' experiences. Like this is another form of like, you know, providing value to them, but you're also raising awareness for your own services. Um, and like you said, like if he had just, you know, if you, there had been a survey or something that said like, hey, like I want to see this person more, he probably would have liked the massage therapist probably would have liked to hear that yeah. um, to get that feedback. So it's this kind of virtuous circle where, yeah, maybe it feels like, oh, I don't want to bother them, but really like the patients want to have a voice. And if they don't feel like they can do it inside of your clinic, by providing this, you know, this opportunity for them to voice that feedback in a in a way that is not only beneficial for them, but it's a win win for you and for your clinic as well. It's it's a bit of a no brainer in my mind because um, it works on so many different levels. You know, improving patient experience, providing awareness about the care you provide, um, and giving them a chance to to speak their voice. So. Yeah, the good part with it, sometimes patients wouldn't post them straight back. They would the next time they came in for the visit, they would bring the survey back with them or. And we would keep note. We'd put a little note. We knew who we sent the surveys to. And if we hadn't got one back from them, because we had a little code thing, so we had a, we knew who, who we were sending them to. If they hadn't sent it back, if you'd come back in and go, hey, Jim, how are you doing? By the way, did you um, receive that survey that I sent? And he went, oh, you know what? I filled it in. It's sitting on top. If you get another one here, I'll just fill it in now. Majority of the time, the patients got the survey and they completed it. They just hadn't got around to posting it back. And that was probably only 10%, 90% always came back. I was going to talk about surveys to professional referrers, but looking at the time, knowing the time that we put on these episodes, I'm going to keep that one for another day. I think that's a good idea. I think we want to try to keep these in like, you know, short, you know, concentrated bits so people get some valuable stuff out of them. And, you know, if we have things are a little bit longer, we can always expand uh, in a future episode about uh, referrals surveys and uh, questionnaires. I'm really, uh, I think that'll be a good one to to book in this one down the road. So, uh, so Tyson, thanks a lot for uh, all that great information about uh, surveys. Anything else you want to leave us with? Uh, No, just... If you're not sure if you think surveys are going to work for you, just start asking simple questions first. Get your receptionist to ask simple questions. Or you, as the business owner, ask simple questions with your patients. You can ask the other podiatrists to do it, but tell you, they won't do it. If you're the business owner, you need to do it. And try doing some hard copy surveys. Set them up the right way. Believe me, the response you get will be fantastic. You'll get a better response than you think. If you sort of go, no, I just want to do it online, then do it online. Just at least do something and start getting some feedback. So that's it from me. All right. Well, uh, we'll cut it there. Uh, Until next time, Tyson. Okay. Talk to you later, Jim. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Podiatry Marketing with Tyson Franklin and Jim McDonald. Subscribe and learn more at Podiatry Marketing. That's the website address, podiatry.marketing.